0: Welcome to the History of the World podcast. My name is Chris and this is the History of the World Unscripted. Welcome once again to this unscripted episode of the History of the World podcast, which we're publishing just due to the fact that we're not actually writing podcasts at the moment, and the next proper episode is going to be coming out next week on the 28th of October, and it's going to be concentrating on the development of metalwork and the discovery of metal, so something to look forward to next week. This is just my means of catching up with you, letting you know I'm still here and uh, that the History of the World podcast is still very much active. Generally speaking, the History of the World podcast is a a project that I want everyone to be involved in and we're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week pretty much, so we have a lot of social media presence. So we've got the History of the World podcast blog which you can go to I try to publish as many maps as possible to support the story so that it can give you a visual aid to the areas and places that we're talking about. Also, we're on Facebook, so you can go to the Facebook page and see what's going on in the History of the World podcast there. Probably the one most active place that we are at the moment is on Twitter because of the amount of associated people and um organisations that actually use Twitter and so many different new scientific journals and interesting scientific journals, whether they be new or old, are often published on Twitter. So you can actually develop more of an understanding in terms of what we can't fit in during the podcast. So the podcast tend we tend to aim for thirty minutes, they tend to overrun and go for thirty-five, forty minutes. But there's often some supporting documents that you can carry on reading. So it's not just a podcast that tells you all the facts. It just introduces the aspect to you. And then you can then go and explore for yourself. So there's so much out there on the internet nowadays that you can explore and discover more about your favourite podcasts and your favourite subjects. So please do interact with that and um, explore history is all about exploring the evidence and creating your own story subsequent to that we do have a discussion forum and it it seems that people are shy to use it which is a bit of a shame really because you should just put it out there and if you've got an opinion it can be as humorous or as serious as you like so just get involved and you can talk to each other you can actually interact with each other all around the world Share your ideas and knowledge, which uh, a lot of people tend to do with me as well, you know, so I get interaction through emails um, of people who want to share their ideas. One person who did show a very keen interest in the material brought up in the podcast was Keegan Decker, and I've mentioned him previously in uh, podcast episodes where he's written in and told me his thoughts, and it's very interesting for me. He's, He's a... Anthropology major from Penn State University in the United States. Last time he got in contact with me, I I told I said that he'd been contacted, and that's what really inspired me to start the discussion forum. But I didn't really read out much of the content of his email, so I'd like to do that. Um, firstly, he said that he'd been locked out of his laboratory, which prevented him from um, publishing his animated history of the American Civil War, which I'm very keen on seeing. When I was publishing the summary episode, um, we were talking very much about the Campanian volcanic eruption, which was the one that was contemporary with the uh, the interaction between Neanderthals and Cro-Magnon men in Europe. So when the Europeans were first coming into Europe, when the first... Homo sapiens were encroaching into Neanderthal territory, the Neanderthals rapidly declined and disappeared, and contemporary with that was a volcanic eruption called Campania. Now the thing is, we can't definitely say that this was the reason why Neanderthals went extinct. It just happened, it just so happened that it happened at the same time, but how much of an influence it was on Neanderthal extinction is very much up for debate. Now during this period, it was a period where by the humans that lived in Europe were very much hunting the what we call the megafauna, which were the larger animals. And this was somewhat uh, previous to when Homo sapiens actually embedded themselves into Europe, actually made it their home And then the glacial maximum came along and humans started specialising in catching smaller mammals, smaller animals, birds and smaller mammals in order to supplement their diet because the, the local megafauna was obviously being overhunted at that period, but also if we go back to Campania, it appears that that may have had an impact on the megafauna, so we tend to just concentrate on humans. We actually have to look at the the entire environment and the entire ecosystem and the impact it had on that. Keegan sort of alludes in his email, he believes, and he's, he's studied this, so I wouldn't ever argue with him, he believes that the, it would have had a, an impact on the megafauna, but not to a huge degree. We believe that probably modern humans changed their diet somewhat. And uh, couple that, I suppose, with my theory that the Campania eruption tended to affect areas more likely to the, to the east and to the south of the eruption. It's interesting to state that the North and the West, where we really feel that Neanderthals were very much at home, weren't affected that much. So maybe Campania had it certainly would have had an effect on Europe, but not as major as um some might lead you to believe. We feel well, I think myself and Keegan are probably on the same page there. Keegan then goes on to talk about Paleolithic art and this is something that we Come across time and time again with regards to art and ritual, it's such a, an area for interpretation, and that's somewhere where we can all get involved. There's no scientific excavations of art and ritual and the reasoning behind it. So, Keegan's sort of referred to the Lasso Caves, which I've, I've very ignorantly bypassed in my episode just basically because i concentrated on chauvet and then i wanted to go into the aspects of portable art so i felt lasso was really just covering an advancement of chauvet in the same artistic that same parietal art aspect so i didn't want to go over too much parietal art so i apologize for that lasso is absolutely incredible and I feel guilty for leaving it out. But I did, and there was a reason, and I apologise to those of you who really wanted to find out more about Lasso. Keegan's certainly very aware of it, and he, uh, he alluded to the fact that this parietal art tends to lean towards prey species. When we look at the animals that were being drawn on the cave walls, many, many prey species were being drawn, and he seems to think that because humans were such successful hunters during that period, during the Upper Paleolithic, that this may be a list, this might be a list of the stored meat, which if you're going to store meat, you're going to store it in a cool cave, you're not going to leave it outside, you're going to put it in a cave, so why not label it, why not label it as to where it's come from? And um, if you're going to um, draw pictures of the larger megafauna, the stuff that the the animals that we're probably less likely to hunt, it's probably just a, a means to maybe tell a story as to how we acquired the meat. So if we stole it from a bear, for example, you might want to draw a picture of a bear so that people knew that it was the day that we encountered the bear, was the day that we took this meat from that animal. Maybe something like that, but there has to be a reason. So there's absolutely no reason why we can't give that explanation some credence. And I thank Keegan very much for the feedback and and what he put into it. So it's obviously very, very well thought out. The other subject Keegan brings up is about the Venuses and, and why on earth we were carving... Women that look like uh, big, fat, elderly women with uh, big, saggy boobs and and all sorts of stuff. Well, who knows? I mean, oh, I think that they just exaggerated the fertility elements, the sexual and sensual elements of a woman. And women certainly didn't look like that. And and probably most Paleolithic women were quite skinny just due to the fact that they were trying to run around grabbing as much food as possible. I think the fact that they're fertility symbols probably does point towards the fact that they were accentuating the sensual and sexual areas of a woman's body just to show that that was uh, the fundamental aspect for carving these. It was the fertility aspects that they were trying to make sure that they were exaggerating for effect for for the most healthiest success rate in fertility. I, I don't know. I mean, really, it's just we're all guessing and that's the wonderful thing about this aspect of the history, the, the ritual and the art is so much down to interpretation and that's the beauty of it. I think one of the things that has led me to create this podcast, I'm, I'm completely changing subject now, to create this podcast is the work of Others. So the work of Others has inspired me to make this podcast. So I just want to briefly um, make mention of some of the podcasts that have led me to this point, that have led me to creating the History of the World podcast. My favourite podcast, I I have no shame in saying this, my favourite podcast is Rex Factor. And it's basically a kind of, They try and bring an element of a game show feel to history and it it really does work. It's two men, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. They come from the same county as me, funnily enough, so they they broadcast out of Essex in England. Maybe the best broadcasts come out of Essex in England. Maybe I could be bold enough to say that, I don't know. But certainly this one is seriously good quality podcasting and it's very entertaining, very easy to listen to and uh, a lot of banter and a lot of interaction between the two men together. What they do is they review a king or a queen in each episode. They tell you a little bit about their chronology, and then they review aspects of their uh, of their reign, so whether they were, were battleiness, whether they were a very battle king or queen. Um, then the scandal side of it, which I think Ali finds quite exciting... Um, then would you want to be uh, subject to this king? So they call that subjectivity. Uh, Then they look at their longevity, uh, how many children they had, and then they give it a grand total score. But the the fundamental um, aspect of the podcast is to determine whether this king or queen had the Rex factor, and that is that unspeakable quality that makes them better than the other kings and queens that makes them stand out. So they, right at the end, they decide whether this king or queen has got the Rex factor. And uh, more more recently, one of my visits was to the King Richard III visitor centre in Leicester, where they, uh, in recent years, have managed to just amazingly excavate the remains of King Richard III from a car park in Leicester. Most people in the UK, I think, who have any interest in history will be aware of this story. He, They just discovered him um, over 500 years after he died in this car park, so they built a visitor's centre to commemorate him, and he is the subject, Richard III, is the subject of the Rex Factor's first animated programme, which they made with the help of Tim Mouse Animation Studios, and they produced a night where they gave a public viewing of this animated show and uh, you can view it on youtube so go ahead view it on youtube i'll even post a link hopefully of it at some point so you'll be able to watch it and i highly recommend watching it because it really does come from the humble origins of this wonderful podcast other other podcasts i highly recommend and these are sort of monologue podcasts so where you've just got one man chatting, much like mine. Uh, Zach Twamley's When Diplomacy Fails is a fantastic resource. And uh, also David Crowther's History of England is another one that I've really been interested in. And those people who listen to History Podcasts and look around for History Podcasts have undoubtedly stumbled across these two. The research behind both of these podcasts is absolutely phenomenal, they really have put a lot of time and effort into it. I can't imagine how much time they devote to it. It's absolutely wonderful. Another one that is slightly different, but it's based on history, is the History of English podcast, which centres around where our language came from, how it, how it became what it is today, where a lot of the words that we use come from. And it's fascinating when you... Discover the links between our words, these words that we take for granted, that we learnt as children and we've never given a second thought to. It's absolutely fascinating. There's so many facts that just seem so obvious when they're stated and the research that's gone into this is incredible. So I highly recommend that one as well. Finally, I'd like to mention the History of Ancient Greece podcast. I can't thank Ryan Stitt enough for the fact that he promotes my podcast. He's obviously stumbled across it and appreciates what I'm doing, so he he promotes it. And um, this isn't unusual. This is something that Ryan does. He promotes many, many other podcasts that he obviously feels are worth promoting, and uh, God bless him for doing that. It's fantastic that he's doing it and... Getting his name out there because he will attract more listen listeners to his podcast in turn, and uh hopefully I can nick a few of his so wonderful, what a great idea to start cross promotion of podcasts so well done, Ryan and then when I listen to his podcast, it's you know he's got his own style to the podcast, which is great, you know you don't want to listen to all the same kind of style of podcast all the time. And Ryan really just sort of takes it onto a sideways level with some of the Greek epics and legends, which were so much a a fundamental basis of their belief system. So really, really well done, Ryan. Well, that's it for this week. I don't want to keep rambling on too much. These episodes are not what you listen to me for. What you listen to me for are the actual episodes, the history rich and story-rich episodes of the History of the World podcast. And I'm pleased to say that they'll be back next week. So next Sunday will be a new podcast, Volume 1, Episode 18, The Discovery of Metals. I'll look forward to us catching up with each other again then. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. The History of the World podcast is hosted by Audioboom. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Podcast Republic, Stitcher and TuneIn. You can also find it on Deezer, Google Podcasts and Radio Public. Feel free to email the show at podcast at mail.com join our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter